Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, early morning in Australia, evening in Europe. My fellow Quarantinos, that's become a, a, a kind of a, a kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, a endearing term now that we're all, uh, that seems to be taking off, my fellow Quarantinos. Today, we're going to be talking about strategies that are going to get you regulated. Remember, every single transmission that I bring, my commitment to you is that it's going to bring your attention back into yourself, back into gratitude. Hello, my dear Diana, uh, my wife-to-be, my fiancé, my baby mama is here. Hello, darling. I miss you very much, uh, although I get to talk to you daily. It's just not the same as being there. I wanted to tell you how much I love and appreciate you, which reminds me, um, whenever I read the news or listen to whatever's going on, I have the same possibility of being pulled into that unknown, into that dark place. But every single time I reconnect back to my why, which is you, my dear, and my my uh, child that's about to be born in October into an unknown world, we have no idea, that gives me the um, strength to actually step up and lead in a very difficult time where just like everybody else going through an unknown, the tendency is to want to bury your head in the sand. <coughs> and if you're here on this call, um, on this uh, Facebook Live, and you don't know who I am because you were invited by somebody. I just want to tell you, I'm I'm shocked. It's been four days, five days, and we have over 500, well, almost 500 people in this group, people that I don't even know. Um, what's happening is, if you don't know who I am, it means that you were invited in here by somebody who really gives a shit about you, and who's been following along this content, which my intention and my commitment to you is that everything that you digest and consume in this community actually has you leaving more centered versus what you could listen to or read in other communities which are filled with spite, filled with fear, filled with separation, <clears throat> filled with this us versus them, blame game, victimhood, which interestingly enough, is what most people feel when then when they came to us for help and guidance before this whole coronavirus thing happens. And usually, you know, if you haven't met me before, I'm, I'm a chiropractor who is particularly interested in healing and helping people heal who've who's now kind of mentor mentoring and guiding people who are going through this relationship limbo who are stuck in a place of dissociation hey what's up <laughs> thanks for the love thanks for the hearts brother um, who are stuck in this dissociation this fear and they're in that same boat they're stuck in fear stuck paralyzed with uncertainty playing victim, and what's interesting that is that in helping those people become connected with themselves so that they can get deeply connected with their own intuitive guide that's inside, there's an internal navigation system that's within you that knows exactly what the next move is, that can show up and serve the present moment. 
<coughs> excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I have no flu-like symptoms. It's just a little bit dry, the weather is. And even if I did, you're safe anyway, right? So the interesting thing is, is that right now we're in a, in, a, in a period of time where if you're scrolling through social media, which if you're like most of us, our social media consumption has gone up, the question is what content is going into your nervous system? A good indicator of what I'm going to invite you to do is to ask yourself the question, when I consume this, what's going on in here? What happens here? Do it, does that move the needle to a more resourced an empowered space or when I consume that does it bring me into separation into despair into constraint restraint and the whole idea is is that if you consume the content in this community with this is my commitment is that you leave connected with to yourself connected to your big why and aware of possibility because that's just, I mean, in, in, I'm not sure what language, but the word, if you can, somebody can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, um, it, opportunity, danger is also opportunity in one of the kind of uh, Chinese languages, okay? Mandarin, Cantonese, I'm not sure which one. But the same word for danger or crisis is opportunity. It's the same thing. The question that I want you to ask is this, think about this. If danger and opportunity are the same, okay, exactly the same, if you look back in your life, it's, it's no different. What allows me to see crisis versus opportunity? What's going to be the deciding factor? I want you to think about that. Every question that I ask is designed to bring you back into yourself. Crisis, which we're all in clearly, opportunity, what is going to be the determining factor that decides what I see, what the possibility is, crisis or opportunity? The answer is my nervous system, the resonance of my nervous system. The resonance of my nervous system dictates how I perceive the world. And you have two billion billions of bits of information coming at you at once. Which ones are you going to pay attention to? We have this default mode in our nervous system that has a negativity bias, that we are slanted. It's like a curve. It's like a, it's like a slope that we have a ball on, and that slope naturally wants to fall towards the negative. In, in, in other words, we're programmed to see and look for lack of safety everywhere. We're just naturally designed that way. It's just, it's part of our nervous system. It's, it's, it's there for our survival. How many of you know, let me know, hit the, hit the love button if you know what I'm talking about. That naturally, without you even thinking about it, <clears throat> you're designed to look for what's wrong. You don't need, you don't need any help with that. <laughs> but during times like this, where there's a crisis, at the same time there's opportunity, my nervous system, depending on its level of resonance, depending on its level of resonance, will see danger and retreat. And when I see danger and then I retreat, 
what happens to possibility? It's gone. My perceptions won't see it. How many times have you had the experience of a little insight, a little breakthrough, where you had a mentor or a guide show you, hold a mirror, ask you some questions, and all you saw was danger, because that's how you were seeing it. You had that negativity bias. Your nervous system was dysregulated. You were in a state of alarm and panic. Your body wasn't working well. You thought you were gonna die. Could you see any opportunities there? No, you're like this, your tunnel vision. And then when you're like that, what happens to your relationships? What happens is you create an us versus them dynamic. There's a separation. There is no us, there's just us versus them. There's the good guys, us, and then there's the bad guys, them. <clears throat> Civilizations are at war because of this chronic dysregulation. However, when you have somebody <clears throat> who's regulated, who sees a greater possibility because they're not emotionally engaged in the story, their nervous systems are regulated and they see possibility, this is a mentor, a guide, a coach, somebody who's trained to be able to help you see the light, doesn't buy into your victim story, only sees possibility for you, knows that crisis and opportunity are one and the same, depending on your regulation of your nervous system. In other words, depending on what's going on inside of you. Points you into a certain question that gets you to see a different opportunity, all of a sudden, what wasn't working, what was not possible, all of a sudden becomes wide open to you. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been able to have an insight that shifted, that moved the needle and all of a sudden you were exposed to new possibility? That's my goal of you being here. Why am I doing this? Well, <clears throat> because I know, first of all, I'm doing this for me and my partner because I know that my partner, Diana, I know that what's going on in her nervous system is going to impact our baby. And I want to make sure that I, first of all, am grounded in myself and in my heart so that I could create safety for those most important to me. Next, after that, is I have a, a, a community of people clients of mine from all over the world. I, if you've never met me before, I lead this type of work with a global community of people who are dedicated to healing from their old wounds so that they can feel a deeper connection with their heart, a deeper connection with their intuition, a deeper connection with their purpose. And therefore, by doing that, the relationships around them start to transform from toxic ones, from disconnected ones, to deeper connection, deeper intimacy. That's basically through crisis. This is, this is what, this is what I do. This is my, my calling. And so if I don't take care of me first and fill my own cup and make my well-being a priority and my nervous system a priority, then I'm no good to Diana and my baby. I'm no good to my family. No good to my good friends who also rely on me. And I'm no good to my clients who are also going through what we're all going through. And so 
Jordan Peterson says life is suffering. Number one, let's all just agree to that. Life can be suffering. Number two, that you are far more stronger than you think. And number three, what makes the suffering tolerable is if you have some sort of a meaning attached to it. So those things are what give me the strength to be able to day to day, moment to moment, recommit back to this work. This work which all entails digging up all of those unhealed parts, digging up all of those unloved parts of me, looking at them even though my ego and every part of me wants to stop and not look at them, wants to avoid, wants to keep distracting and deflecting. <coughs> it, I do that so that I can actually have an experience where I'm not running away from myself anymore. And the ultimate win is my ability to look in a mirror and say, I love you. My ultimate win is my ability to stand in front of you and to share vulnerably and to kind of open up a portal for you for possibility instead of what the world is doing around you, which is keeping you constrained. So everything that I'm sharing with you is an active meditation of bringing you back into your heart, bringing you back into your purpose. My resonant tone of my nervous system, you'll be able to feel. So it's a great responsibility I take, and I take it not just for you, but for me as well. Because that is the way through crisis, is taking on responsibility. So I'm going to recommit you back to why you're doing this. What I want you to do is to think of the names of the people. I don't want you to say my kids or my friends. I want you to list in this group right now the names of the people that you're doing this for. Hey, Andrea, Arsh, I see you. Maris, I see you as well. Maris, do this. I want you to engage. By the way, if you engage and you are present, you're using this part of the nervous system, it's getting you out of your amygdala, fight or flight. Simply by answering my question, by taking in what I'm saying, not just being a, just having popcorn and watching, but actually engaging with me, this is actually going to help regulate your nervous system. It's a fucking amazing mind hack that I do with my clients, that people feel completely different. In fact, you will feel completely different after this transmission than you did before. 100% of the time, that's my commitment. And I do so by resonating my nervous system with that of gratitude and service. And I'm gonna show you how to do the same in every call and encourage you to make this your number one practice. So when I ask you, what are the names of the people for my clients and raising the collective? Andrea, go into the names, hun. I want, I wanna see the names. There's a, there's a reason. There's a reason, be coachable. This is your coaching call. Write in the comment section the names of the people that you're doing this for. Why are you doing this? What is, what is your why for you to make your healing a priority, for you to heal your wounds, for you to make the greatest version of yourself? Who wins because of that other than yourself? Who are you doing this for? I wanna see their names. Hey, Nick, good to have you, brother. Write down the names of the people you're doing this for. I want to see them. 
there's reason behind, there's method to my madness. There's a reason why I'm asking you to do it. <clears throat> it's not for no reason. And what you're going to do is as you write, beautiful, exactly. You're doing it for Claudia. Exactly. I want you to get into your heart and really feel their nervous systems calming and going into a state of safety as a direct impact of who you're being for them. This is part of your active meditation here. Beautiful. I love that you tagged everyone, Yanni. Bob, Mary, Joe. Great, Joe. Good. Get in there. Also, Tamara. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Tamara, Tamara. I forget which, which one. It was one of the two. It's coin toss. Tamara, I think it is. I got it right. What are their names? Phoenix. That's right. Therese, my dad, Richard. Roland my good brother. Roland and I were on the same salsa dancing team like over a decade ago. We traveled and we performed and we competed together and <clears throat> what a ride it's been, brother. <laughs> what a ride it's been. I want you to think of those people and when you think of those people, there's a reason for this. He whose why is big enough can bear almost any how. Because it's not easy to look at the news and hear more lockdowns, more shutdowns. When is this going to end? Am I going to survive? Will I make it through? I want you to know something. Number one, you're going to be okay. I just want you to touch your hand to your chest, getting into your breath, and acknowledge I'm safe in this moment. And as you've been scrolling and hunched over devices, I'm going to get you to get up and acknowledge your safety with an open heart by opening your arms, twisting your hands, and going outwards and opening. And what this is doing is it's opening your heart that you've been protecting because of a lack of safety. What you're saying to the universe is, I'm entering the present moment with an open heart. Breathing in and surrendering the exhale. Ah. <sighs> You're twisting your arms back. That's opening your shoulders, squeezing your back muscles together, opening, opening, opening. Ah, you might notice a great deal of congestion. Touch your hand to your chest and acknowledge <clears throat> that you might not have even been breathing lately and how dysregulated your nervous system's been. Beautiful. I love the names of these people. Andrea, way to go. See what, what happens when you put the names down? Did you notice a difference? It impacted. It wasn't a general. You literally had to energetically connect with these people, which brings your level of why up. This is your foundation for any of this. This is your foundation for crisis. This is what I teach my clients, when they're going through breakups, relationship crisis, career transitions, where do I go? I'm going in the unknown. Well, we get you connected to your why first because that's the thing that you lose the most the second you become dysregulated. Let me say that again. The thing that disconnects you from your why and your purpose are the hormones of stress. The hormones of stress because of their protective mechanisms, cortisol, adrenaline, epinephrine, they cause our bodies to go into fight mode or flee mode. 
or freeze if you're in dorsal vagal shutdown, if you go on previous lessons and understand the ladder of your nervous system. To understand the mechanisms of your nervous system is critical for you to learn how to regulate it. Because if you don't, you're unconscious and a victim to the externals. But when you get this right, you actually are able to tune in with your body and say, oh, I'm in dorsal vagal shutdown. I know exactly what to do. Dorsal vagal shutdown, when you're in that freeze mode, you must move your body. What's in the way? You don't want to move your body. When you're in dorsal vagal shutdown, you need to connect with other people. What's in the way? You don't want to connect with other people. But when you understand this, you're like, ah, I'm shutting down. I don't want to connect. I don't want to move. I must override the resistance and do it. Why? To save my life and the lives of the others around me. Not save your life like emergency, but over time, you know what it's like to have a parent who's been in shutdown mode, who's detached from you. You know what it's like to have a mother be in such a state of panic that she's in her head all the time and that you're just like not feeling seen. You know what that's like. And that it impacts your life. And guess what, moms, dads? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just telling you what's at stake. Your lack of regulation and, and your shutdown causes the same feeling to children, which is exactly why these triggers and these, um, these traumas get passed down from generation to generation. You treat, you, you relate to others the way you do relationships, the way relationships were done to you. You parent the way parenting was done to you. Unless you awaken and you do the difficult work of healing and digging up all of those old complexes and going, wait, how have I been unconsciously choosing these people and going into the same fucking patterns and blaming those people and not looking at my complexes, my incompletes, my stories that have brought me here? Okay, I see it now. I'm ready to do the healing. Those are the people that I that we work with. And when you do that healing, it's, it, it's it, connecting to tremendous pain, reconnecting to the, your younger self that had wasn't seen, wasn't heard, wasn't loved, had trauma. The one that you abandoned a long time ago is calling for you. And if you told me two years ago that I would be talking to my inner child, I would have thought you were fucking crazy. But this is the path. There is a younger version of you right now who went through a trauma that all of this coronavirus stuff is activating and reminding you of. In fact, what you're experiencing now is not new. <clears throat> There's an earlier version of you, maybe in 9-11. For me, one that came up this morning when I was doing this work, when I was doing my overview meditation, which I'm about to do for you soon, so stay with me, was the version of me that didn't know after I, after I left my chiropractic practice, <clears throat> didn't know what was to come. The future was not certain. I didn't know where my next client was going to come. I didn't have a relationship that I was connected to. 
I felt disconnected from everyone around me. And after the transition happened, it basically exposed the fact that I didn't actually love myself. And it exposed the uncomfortable fact that I was using my skills and superpowers of helping other people, being on stage, you know, entertaining other people to distract me from the fact that I didn't love myself and I was looking for that approval externally. And those of you who've been following along, many of you have reached out and wanting extra help, wanting kind of um, like personalized assistance on this path. This is general, I'm giving you the goods, giving away the farm to give you the tools to be able to regulate yourself. And some of you have reached out and said, I'm ready to actually do this healing work. Because what's happened is an interesting thing that's happening. Tell me if you can relate to this. That putting us in quarantine, I'm in quarantine right now. Haven't seen my, haven't seen Diana in a couple weeks, several weeks. I don't even remember when I saw her last. It was sometime in February, I think. Yeah, it's back in February. <clears throat> There's something that happens when you're alone and you can't do the usual things that you used to dis that you use to distract yourself from the reality that you're not comfortable in your own skin. And you can't do those things that distracted you from that, being important, making a lot of money, uh, getting likes on Instagram, relations dating other people. Oh, some of you are single and you're dating around and dating and dating and dating and distracting yourself by getting attention and now all of a sudden dating's not safe and you're now faced with the reality that hey wait I don't really like my own company holy shit or the other thing is you're sitting around and you're realizing oh my gosh the company that I have now that I'm kind of forced to be around we don't really have any connection there's no intimacy here there isn't a feeling of safety here and that's fucking painful for us to see but it's actually a gift if you're willing to go down the rabbit hole and listen and answer that call what's in the way of us doing that is absolute fear because there's a known there's this known world even though I'm miserable it's known one of the clients that um, reached out to me that was really looking for help because she's unraveling right now. She goes, I feel like I'm unraveling and I can't, my health, she's got autoimmune problems. She's unraveling and she's like five feet away from a full-blown panic attack where everything unravels, her health, her career, her relationship. Like she's like on the brink and she's saying, as she said, I feel like I'm in a golden prison. I said, what's that? She says, I'm safe and comfortable in this bubble. It's familiar, in other words, what she's saying is, it's familiar to me, but I'm fucking miserable. And what this coronavirus pandemic is doing is getting us into corner, into the corner and saying, uh-uh, before you're like, let me just distract myself with this. Let me do that and uh-uh, you're gonna actually face the truth now. You can't hide anymore. And now all the important questions are starting to come up. <clears throat> the questions that we all experience when we go through midlife crisis, when we go through a divorce, when we go through 
career setback or transition, all of the things that I've already gone through and I'm working to heal from, and I say working to heal from because my healing journey is lifelong. It's not something that ever, oh, boy, was that tough. I'm glad that's over. It's not like that. That's not how it works. My healing journey is lifelong. And as I can, the truth continues to reveal itself. Nothing lasts forever. The truth continues to reveal itself. As the truth reveals itself and I open my heart, it's a new layer of loving a part of me that I haven't yet loved. In other words, my journey on this planet, on that floating spaceship, planet Earth, spaceship Earth, is to find ever... Um, <clears throat> more possibilities of parts of myself that I haven't loved. And the purpose of my relationships is to mirror back to me those parts that I haven't yet loved. If you learn the necessary skills to do this, what skills am I talking about? The two most important skills that you are to learn in the new world. The two most important skills in the new economy, in the new world, because the old world is gone. The familiar is gone. Kind of like 9-11, everything changed. You're now into a new world. And in times of change, Eric Hoffer says, the learners shall inherit the earth, while the learned in their golden prison will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that does not exist. In other words, this is about adaptability. Your adaptability will come with a firm grounding of what your intuition and inner voice are calling you to do. The problem is, is that the traumas we've gone through have disconnected us from our inner voice. And we can't hear it. So what, what do we do? We look for approval outside. Tell me what to do. We, we seek relationships that we feel that are going to get what's missing inside of us. And they never work because we're seeking it outside of us. But when we take that on <clears throat> and we resource ourselves and we stop distracting and we start feeling, we start getting into feelings, you know, those things that we try to avoid, you know, those things we don't want to address, you know, those things that we get into our heads to try to cut ourselves off from. I had to learn how to do that. And when I did, all of a sudden, my intuition started to bubble up. And I was able to take a stressful moment and a trigger and use that as a portal to go into a deeper self-love. That's skill number one. To take your triggers and use them instead of, instead of phenomenon that cause you to abandon yourself and reject yourself, which is what happens during trigger and trauma. Trauma is when you get triggered which by the way, you're probably, if you're scrolling, you're getting triggered every single day. And what'll happen is it's causing you to abandon yourself into fear. The skill you're gonna wanna learn in the, new, in the new world is how to take each trigger and turn it into a portal for self-love and every conflict that you go through, which I hated conflict. Do you hate conflict? Do you run away from conflict? <laughs> Do you run away from conflict? Do you overly create conflict? Either one of those two polarities um, is, is a uh, dysregulated individual. 
But when you learn not to avoid conflict, not to seek conflict, but to embrace conflict as a portal to deeper intimacy, what happens is you don't try to... you don't try to find somebody who doesn't trigger you. You don't try to avoid people who don't trigger you. You actually are able to see whatever comes up, process it, and then use it as a tool to create deeper intimacy. And so yesterday's, this is an interesting thing for me, yesterday after the transmission that I did yesterday, Diana was watching and it triggered her because she just kind of, you know, She's got hormones. She's got pregnancy going on. She's got all sorts of stuff. And it's been heavy on her to not be around me because let's face it, it's tough for her to keep her hands off of me. And that's why I had to quarantine myself. Poor girl. (laughs) Love you, Diana. (laughs) Yes, I try to avoid conflict. Yeah, I see that. Totally, totally. And then if you, Rita, if you avoid conflict, the conflict happens within your body, which is where, because Rita is one of our clients we're working with, which is where the chronic pains come from. If you embrace that uh, uh, conflict, what happens is you're able to process it and alchemize it. Your trigger proof basically means alchemy. To take your triggers that traumatize you, that want you to run away from other people, that want you to hide from other people, that wants you to avoid people and avoid the conversations and use those to deepen your, to to see, ah, there's a part of me I haven't loved and to give that to yourself and to take conflict and to use that to deepen your connection with another person. What's more important than that? So I started prioritizing that and lo and behold, within a short period of time, I would say six months, I basically in walks in the my person, somebody that I never thought that I could really commit to, <clears throat> too busy, gaining validation from the many. I couldn't settle down with one. I realized that behavior was because of a lack of intimacy because I didn't fully love and appreciate myself. So I had to find the many in order to do it because if one withdrew their love and affection from me. I, I couldn't live with myself. I had to have one on the side in order to have that. That is a classic common thing that comes from a, a, a deep lack of intimacy and a deep lack of self-love. In fact, <clears throat> this pandemic has now helped expose the fact that we don't love ourselves. If you can trace it upstream, I can show you that it's all the same cause. This pandemic, I don't love and I don't trust myself. I'm disconnected from my intuition, so I don't trust that I can come up with the right solution from a resource place to be able to add enough value to be able to create community, create safety for others and myself because I don't feel safe in my own body in the first place. And this whole crisis that we're all going through is actually exposing that. So what do we do? We take this time to heal. We don't pay attention to content that's going to cause our nervous systems to frazzle and fry. We actually use this time to become very selective. This is what we tell our clients who are dealing with health crisis, relationship crisis, is right now, the content that you're going to put here 
and here is to create a YouTube list right now of content that inspires. I have a show on YouTube called Trigger Proof. Watch it. We talk about also all things neuroscience and healing with relationships, the neuroscience of healthy relationships. Holy crap. Instead of saying, oh, I'm just going to meet the right person and they got to change and this has got to change. No, 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 no. I'm going to take on the work of becoming trigger proof. Yeah, they got their work to do as well, but I'm going to take it on. I'm going to heal what's inside and allow my inner leader to emerge. And what will happen is as you resonate a nervous system tone that's different than the one, the level that you're at, you start to meet people before you're, these are the people that you're hanging out with. You're all kind of co-regulating the same nervous system. That's why it's so important for you to be engaged in a community of people that you want to aspire to become like rather than the ones that keep you down. Because when you do this work, and I'm going to do a, a little, the active overview meditation with you in just a minute, you're going to elevate to this level. And guess what happens? You start to, holy crap, you start to see there's others like me and you start to draw in and attract the person at that level. Now, it doesn't mean that my partner and I don't have challenges, but what it means is, is that we are both taking responsibility for our own triggers. And when I learned this, what would used to happen was when we would get into an argument, when I would get into an argument, I would have to defend myself to prove that I was worthy of love. When you're defending yourself in an argument, what you're doing is your childlike self wants to tell the other person, no, 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 I'm actually lovable. No, 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 don't, no, 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 shut up, shut up. Please shut up. Let me prove to you that I am lovable. This is why you're wrong and I'm lovable. What you're unconsciously doing is telling them you're right they're wrong, I'm right, therefore I'm worthy of love. What if you approach the conflict already knowing that here, that you were? How would that shift the dynamic? How would that shift the argument? It changes it completely. And what would happen last night when, <clears throat> I mean, Diana is a private individual. She doesn't do social media. And now she has the misfortune of getting married to me, who basically I pretty much put myself out there all the fucking time, every day. You know, I try to be as transparent without being creepy. <laughs> it's a fine line, right? I try to be as transparent as possible without creeping the shit out of you. <laughs> and so that that's very confronting for her. She's fucking triggered every day when she's watching this stuff. So I'm just saying, sweetheart, I see you. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm sorry for this. But hey, too bad. <laughs> and But she's willing to own that and willing to heal through that. And so I have an emotional pregnant partner who all of a sudden got triggered and made me the cause of it. Well, that's what my story was. And immediately after, I've had a not so amazing day either. Hasn't been picnic for me to be by myself. I wanted to go in and defend myself. I wanted to tell her how she was wrong. The old version of me was so hell bent in proving myself right. 
And that's how I showed up in every fucking relationship, the narcissist. That's exactly how I showed up. There's always a narcissist codependent dynamic. Maybe you understand you're in one right now. There's a narcissist, there's a codependent. You're both sides. You're gonna, sometimes you're in one relationship, you were the narcissist, other times you were the codependent. These are the, un, this is the key to an unconscious relationship. By the way, tomorrow on Sunday is our relationship conversation. You gotta make sure you're here tomorrow and invite as many people as possible because I'm gonna be teaching you the trigger proof, how to create conscious relationships with the trigger proof method. Okay, who you know who's in this narcissistic codependent dynamic, you better make sure that they're there tomorrow, same time, <clears throat> and I'm going to talk about that. And so I would show up as the narcissist, and this time what was happening is as she was telling me all of this, I felt myself wanting to defend myself, and then an interesting thing started happening. I was able to resource myself the whole time and acknowledge that I didn't have to prove myself to her. And by me not proving myself to her, allowed her to actually express all of her rage and sadness and everything that she was directing at me. And then it only to reveal just by talking it out, she was able to get it out and cry. And the tears, here's the key, your tears are necessary for regulating your nervous system. In other words, when we do this right and you're able to get there and access your tears, you've melted the nervous system. That's why when you see your children and they surrender to their wall of futility when they just, nothing I can't change, and they sit back and surrender and cry, literally five, 10 minutes later, they feel amazing. They feel totally different because their nervous systems have regulated. There's something mysterious that happens when we fall back and surrender to our tears and just, it's, it's the surrendering to our tears that allow the nervous system to heal. And when she, I, I, I literally, I was like holding space. It's like when somebody is vomiting, holding space is what is like, if I'm, if I'm drank too much and I'm about to puke, you're going to hold you, you hold that person's hair up or you kind of like kind of pat them. That's holding space while they vomit. <clears throat> when you become trigger proof, you're, you're able to allow those around you to have their big feelings and you not take it on because we are conditioned to stop people around us with their big feelings because we can't handle it. We can't resource ourselves. <clears throat> it's actually ingrained. We just had Christmas. You better not pout. You better not shout. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. Like, you better not have feelings. You know, in, in, in Persian culture, that will say, don't cry. It's ugly. In other words, your feelings that are coming up are not appropriate. So shove them down. So you've been conditioned to betray yourself. No wonder you don't know what your intuition is. No wonder you don't, <laughs> oh. for the record, Nima did an amazing job while I cried about everything. Thank you, darling. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm doing the work and this shows the work is ongoing, right? And what happens is when you're able to resource yourself, other people feel safe to express their truth around you. And then all of a sudden, you and your tone of nervous system starts to be able to heal other people.
you become an inherent healer. In fact, if you're watching and you're in the healing helping profession, you can't avoid this work. You will be constrained by your ability or lack of ability to take your triggers and turn it into self-love. Mike, <clears throat> when I did, all of a sudden, like, I mean, when you're told ever since you're a kid, stop crying, don't cry, or have you ever told that to somebody? Just be honest. I want you to write in the comment section. Have you been told that or have you caught yourself telling others don't cry? Don't calm down. Don't have those feelings. Collective healing. Oh, yeah. Caroline, and for you as well, you have a kind of a, a indigenous background too. Talk about intergenerational trauma, sister. Oh, my God. That's like centuries old. You're basically carrying all of that parenting and trauma and people who don't know how to be with their feelings. So when you have a child who has feelings, you say, don't, don't have that feeling because that's how I was raised. And I'm not playing victim to my mom and dad. But whenever feelings would come up, they didn't know how to handle it. So the only way is to, to calm themselves is by trying to silence or invalidate my feelings, our feelings. And that's how children are parented. And that's how we will parent our children. We parent the way we were parented. Unless, hear me out, unless this, what do you think? Unless you stand up and you put your hand up and you say, I'm going to take on this work. I'm going to heal those old wounds that clearly I'm carrying around like rocks in my backpack and I'm going to unpack them and I'm going to look at them and I'm going to get uncomfortable and I'm going to expose my shame. I'm going to share the things that I've been burying as a secret that's been, that's been burning a hole in my chest causing this costochondritis. It's like, you know that feeling? Let me know if you know that feeling. When you're going through an excessive amount of shame or embarrassment, it's like this feeling in your chest that, that you feel kind of physiological. It's pain. And if left uncorrected for a long period of time can actually create symptoms in your physical being. This is the mind-body connection. This is why I left full-time chiropractic is because I'm like, geez, what the hell? I'm wasting, I'm not wasting my time. I'm making a difference, but am I really, really getting to the root cause? I really want to go upstream. So when I did do that, all of a sudden, when I allowed and did that work and felt all of the feelings that I was pushing away because I was conditioned to, or I was doing a lot of cognitive work and therapeutic work to try to avoid being here. When I finally stopped being here and I got into this work, all of a sudden something magical happened. My intuition started to bubble up. I was better able to listen to that inner voice, which then was able to give me oh, my guidance for the next step which answers the question that you have right now of all of this uncertainty. What do I do with this uncertainty? I need Donald Trump or Justin Trudeau or whatever prime minister of whatever country or president that you're in, that I need you to provide me with that certainty, which is false certainty, by the way, and it's always based on their agenda. It's wiser for us to take the responsibility and say, you know what? I'm going to create my own certainty 
by learning how to dance in this uncertainty and learn the tools of becoming trigger proof so that I can have my own inner voice and guidance emerge so that I can then lead and look around and see a bunch of dissociated people around me panicking, grasping for some sort of answer and I can show them that their answer is inside. And when I did that, all of a sudden, my purpose emerged, relationships became healthier, I felt safer in my body, I was able to become more resilient to changing times. And it sucks, I mean, it sucks to be in quarantine and away from my partner, but I'm okay. And I'm actually inspired by the opportunity. I see, I see crisis, of course, it's all around me, and I see an opportunity Basically, it's like the universe saying, Nima, you know everything you've gone through? Now is the time for you to step up and share it and lead. You wanted to be this leader. You wanted to make a difference on the planet. You had this astronomical vision where you're always imagining the planet and you're imagining yourself floating around on that planet spaceship, planet spaceship Earth, making a difference, being a light, creating facilitators everywhere who wanted to heal other people. What are you waiting for? You waiting for Trump to give you the, uh, the okay? Step up and fucking do it now. And it was like, <sighs> you mean step up and just take off the mask and share myself? But, but, but my ego is screaming and wants to keep me safe in my golden prison. Ah, so you see every step up must cause us to look at ourselves and really question. There's a call that's coming in right now. There's a little call <coughs> in your hero's journey that's happening right now. And I know that it's there. You know that it's there. It's, it's been knocking for so long. It's been knocking at you. And you've been ignoring it. Hit the love button if this resonates with you. Okay? Hit the love button if you've noticed there's been a knock consistently or there's been a phone call. This is part of your hero's journey. And what's going to happen is your, your work, I'm like Morpheus, you're Neo. <laughs> your work, Neo, I'm your Middle Eastern Morpheus, is to answer that call. That's the next stage is to answer the call. I want to step up and lead. Okay. Guess what the next stage of the hero's journey is if you follow Joseph Campbell's work or you watch any movie, any play, any hero's journey. It's all the same story, whether it's Wizard of Oz or Sky, you know, Luke Skywalker, everything, you know, even The Matrix. What happens when Morpheus says, you're the one, Neo? Neo's like, okay, cool. He's following the white rabbit. Okay, good. What does Neo say? Nah. This is my uh, Keanu Reeves impression. No, I'm not the one, bro. <laughs> he didn't do it like that, but that's what I hear whenever Keanu Reeves talks. There's the refusal of the call. Your ego wants to keep you safe in what's called the golden prison of safety, which is miserable. But it's safe. It's familiar. So you're called upon. You're basically calling upon it's calling you to something greater. That's the gift of transition. What do you do in times of certainty? Do you 
cover up and shore everything and go into fear. That's what the masses are doing. The leaders go all in and actually use this time to upgrade. Let me say that again. This is what I tell all the clients that are going through relationship limbo. What do I do? Should I stay? Should I go? What do I want to do in my career? But I'm scared. I'm anxious. I can't. I'm going to wait until I feel safer where I have more money when there's disposable income. And I just got, uh-uh. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. You must double down and actually invest in yourself in these times. You must invest in your upgrade. That's what you do during these times because it takes a, because, because you can't fake that. You're actually going all in and you're burning the boats and you're saying, no, I'm going to step up and I'm actually going to do the opposite of what the masses are doing. I'm doubling down. I'm investing in my vision. That's what I did. And it's fucking scary. I've invested heavily in this vision of training people my overview method to help heal their past trauma. You guys are going to experience it in a moment where I take you through a meditation. There's several phases of it. I have a three-day training that takes people through each step, and it's fucking powerful. Let me know. Let people know if you've actually been there, what your experience has been like with it. <laughs> yeah. So, Tamara, welcome. So... Your answer is to upgrade yourself during this time. It's not to retreat and go into safety. That's a different nervous system. What you're doing is you're scaring the crap out of yourself and you're expanding. And not one person has died from doing this, even though your ego feels that you will. In fact, there has to be a death. Actually, I, I, that's wrong. You do die. The old identity of you must die. I'm planting the seed right now for you. In this transition, in this coronavirus crisis, you cannot emerge the person that came into it. You have to be better. You have to upgrade if you want to be amongst the leaders, if you want to be the people that inherit the new earth. In times of change, the learners shall inherit the earth while the learned in their golden prison will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that does not exist hoping that someone will save them. You must save you by doubling down and investing in you. That's how you do it, essentially. Remember when you told Troy that? Ah, yes, invest in your upgrade, yes. Mary, good to see you, darling. Mary, I wanna acknowledge Mary, okay? Mary is a client of ours in her late 60s, has been married for over 30 years, okay? For 40 years, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. And what's happened is she's having the best relation in the last two months that we've been working together by her taking full responsibility for healing her own past wounds and reconnecting to the younger version of her. This is the younger version of me. Okay, we all get you to do it by really, but not here. A felt sense connection and reparenting her all of a sudden, magically, her relationship with her partner changed. And they were on the brink of, I don't know, whether we should like call it quits or not. Now, they have a deeper connection than ever. Ever! What a gift, you know? And Mary, I'm not going to lie, when we first met, I was like, oh, Mary, 
This is going to be a tough one because we really want to stay stuck in our old stories. <laughs> Eric Hoffer said that quote, <clears throat> in times of change, the learners shall inherit the earth while the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that does not exist. Travis, welcome, brother. So make sure you watch the transmission. You don't want to miss these. Remember, every time you watch this content, what happens is you're going to leave more connected to your heart rather than in fear. You're going to leave with a leader that's emerged. Because why? Because your kids need you. Because your kids literally are watching you. They're watching your every move and they can sense, just like dogs are very attuned, you can tell when you look at a person what their nervous system is. Watch, I think, day three on the three levels of your nervous system. You're either in dorsal vagal shutdown, you're in sympathetic, or you're in ventral vagal. You must know which one. If you want to learn how to regulate your nervous system, you have to be able to have the tell. You have to know your tells where you're consciously connected. Oh, I'm in dorsal vagal right now. When I answered the call last night and I had Diana on FaceTime, Diana, I could see you were full on in dorsal vagal. Just your voice, your facial expression, you can tell. And I'm like, uh-oh. And my old wounding wanted to go into, what did I do wrong? What happened? And I wanted to defend myself because I'm already going through my own challenges too. And so when two people with a dysregulated nervous system happens, it's a wonder how, why relationships become toxic. No shit. They should become toxic when two people have a dysregulated nervous system. <clears throat> and instead of labeling people as assholes or whatever, I'd rather you see them through the lens of a dysregulated nervous system because that builds empathy. And just by learning these tools, I was able to allow someone that I care about to feel seen, someone very important to me, because not only do I love her, but she actually has my child growing inside of her. So it becomes 10 times more, more important for me to, to take away, throw away my own stories for the sake of something meaningful, which is to make sure that she always feels safe whenever I connect with her. When I can stay conscious of that, that's my work to do. <clears throat> yes, Maureen, thank you. Started me finally dealing with everything. Beautiful. Vinny, good to have you, brother. You're amazing, incredible, awesome, Mary. Mary, 47 years, but who's counting? No more boulders in my backpack, two months, and wow, amazing and wonderful. I'm gonna give you, I just wanna give you some. That's for you, Mary. Mary, I just wanna, and that's for your husband, Robert, too. <laughs> I just have so much love for the people that I get to serve. One of the things, people are like, are you stressed? I'm like, no, I'm connected to something very meaningful. I am, I am, I do, but here's the thing, I'm not bypassing my fears, I'm actually feeling them fully and I'm acknowledging them and I have something very meaningful that I'm attached to in many different ways and that's what's going to have you win during this epidemic. <clears throat> that's what's going to have you emerge because it will be over and you will survive and you will be fine, you're not going to starve to death, we'll be okay because we're in this together, you will, you, we keep forgetting that. But if you take the time to make this a priority and heal your wounds, you have a fucking huge opportunity in this crisis to be one of the people that say, hey, I got you. I know what you're going through. You're completely disconnected. You're suffering, and I have the answer to your suffering. 
that's what you have available to you when you take this on. You have the availability of becoming a lighthouse during a storm. That's what makes life on this planet meaningful. We're going to die someday. You might as well do it in a way where you feel comfortable in your body. You love the people you're around. You're able to be yourself and speak your truth. You feel safe in your body. You're not unraveling, as one of my clients just said, uh, one of my uh, people just said in a discovery call who reached out to me. You actually have some say in the creation of your experience. But if you're not trigger-proof, you are governed by externals. Outside forces have power over you. Look at the world. <clears throat> Everyone's being controlled by outside force, even the people who are deep into the conspiracy stuff. I love a good popcorn drama like anyone else, and I like doing that. But, but what, how, do you, how, how am I feeling when I'm engaged in that? I'd rather put, especially at this time, content into my brain that leaves me feeling more connected. So are you ready? <clears throat> you feel the love. I will be on this journey with my brother. Victoria, yes, you will. There are people around you, your children and your future clients that need you to step up. So I'm grateful that you're here. Victoria is in Belgium. She, oh, this was a huge thing. <clears throat> Victoria, I, I, when she reached out to me, I asked her, I said, how did you find out about me? And she was watching Joe Dispenza's video. If you go to Joe Dispenza on YouTube, Emotions, I did a Q&A in one of his events, and I asked the question, and boom, that becomes one of his uh, content. And so, I, like once a week, I have a friend of mine messaging me that video from Joe Dispenza, <clears throat> saying, hey, this looks familiar. I'm like, I know, I know. It's like gone viral, my question to Joe Dispenza. And she was blown away by the question. And she, I said, how did you find me? She goes, my name tag when I was in the seminar was shown, Nima Romani. And she Googles me and realized, oh my God, this guy's a coach. And she starts following my content, watching my show, ends up in one of my group kind of live workshops uh, online and reaches out to me and commits to starting to work together sometime in the summer. Just put a deposit and she's like, I'm ready. I just gotta organize everything. And it's like, holy crap. She found me through my fucking, that's so cool. Anyway, maybe I should put, put a link on that because <clears throat> I asked him the question and this is relevant. I asked him this specific question about if we're doing meditation and we're just focusing on a future, what about our past? Aren't we just bypassing our painful past? You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired, to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live 
and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. And he went into a long 11-minute answer that <clears throat> didn't really answer the question, but it revealed something for me. It revealed that in the meditation that I'm creating for people, in the overview meditation, which I'm about to take you through, we're going to actually use the fact that we're going to access a part of your past that this crisis is bringing up for you. And your only work is to heal that version of you. And let me give you an example. Right now, as you're sitting here, yeah, as you're sitting here right now, and let's do this because we're all going to do this meditation. Heather Lynn, I want you to do this with me because you know Joe Dispenza. You're a big Joe D, JD fan. I want you to tell me how this meditation will be for you, okay? Take a moment right now before we begin, and I want you to write down in the comment section what this coronavirus crisis, this crisis you're going through, this unknown, it reminds you of another unknown in your life. What is it? Was it a divorce? Was it a breakup? Was, did you lose your job at one point? You were like, I don't know if I'm going to get my next paycheck. When am I going to get my next paycheck? Did you go through an illness or were you, you, you got a diagnosis? Some of you, uh, from the stories that I've heard, you got a health diagnosis. Like one of our clients, Melissa, she, had, she gets a diagnosis of MS. She's like, oh my God, my life's over. I have MS, right? And guess what? Through the work, she healed from MS and went into spontaneous remission just by healing her wounds. And now, guess what's coming up during these times? Guess what's coming up? It's not about a fucking virus. It's about the version of her 10 years ago sitting in the doctor's office with the MRI confirming that she got multiple sclerosis. That version of her that traumatized version of her is literally walking around triggered all day. That's you. So I'm going to encourage you to write down, okay, Yanni, when your mom almost died from meningococcal, do you remember how uncertain every day was? Do you remember your sleepless nights? Do you remember when you were like not knowing if, you, if she was going to be gone? Okay. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Perfect, Yanni, you got it. I want you to tell me what it is for you because we're doing this all together, okay? We're doing this as a community. And by the way, thank you for sharing this with your people. Like all of a sudden we have like 500 people in this group in four or five days. I don't know how it happened. All I'm saying is just somebody that you care about, that you want them to have a healthy nervous system and learn these tools, freaking go in and invite them right now. Just invite, invite, like reach out to them and say, you need to be on these twice a day transmissions during this crisis. No, but I don't know what's happening. No, no, that's why you need to be here. The very reason why you can't is the very reason why you must. Write this down. The very reason why I can't is the very reason why I must. Okay. So <clears throat> triggered. Exactly. Yep. Perfect. That's, that's what we're going to work on, Yanni. Good. Same health stuff, being sick with no answers. Lisa, good. What is it for you, Heather? Like, write it down. C engage, guys. Engage with me so that I don't feel so alone. No, for you as well. 
so that you can actually be part of the conversation. If you engage, now your nervous system becomes regulated with mine. That's called co-regulation. That's what happens with engagement. That's why we need social in encounters. That's why this social distancing is fucking deadly. People are going to die because of social distancing, because our brains and nervous systems require it. So how do we do it when we're in quarantine and apart from one another? By engaging. I'm having this conversation at this level. By meeting me at this level, you're engaging with it. Write it down. Good. Maureen, Roland, being stuck at home for weeks on end due to political unrest and fighting in West Africa. Dude, that's huge in the early 90s, dude. Yes. Guess what, Roland? That version, write down how old you were. That, you know, um, you know, that teenager version of you, because you were probably a teen back then, right? Or early 20s, late teens, early 20s. <clears throat> that's the version of you that's showing up right now. That's what's triggered. Unconsciously, though, it's not like you're doing it on purpose. It's unconscious. That's what trigger proof means. Trigger proof means I am encountering a thing in front of me that's reminding me of a part of me that I haven't loved. Oh, can you write that down? Can somebody write that down? Trigger. A trigger is, this is what a trigger means. I'm encountering something in my present, which is reminding me of a past version of myself that I haven't loved. Wow. Trusting your potential. Being bullied and confined by the bullies. Leanne, good one. So right now, this whole thing, this confinement that Leanne is feeling is still in your body, Leanne, right? By the way, Leanne, I know you've been following me for quite some time. It's been like five years. I don't know what you look like because you don't have any photos of yourself, uh, but it's nice to see you and it's great to finally engage with you in this. I hope to meet you someday at one of our events. I really, it would be a, an amazing pleasure, but I know, I think you found out about me through Melissa, I believe. But it's great. But, but Leanne, your confinement, if you're feeling confined right now, don't be surprised if there's like a 13-year-old version of you starting to come out. You start acting like your 13-year-old self. The trigger is, means that I'm confronted in this moment by a version of myself that I have abandoned and not loved. That's what a trigger means. What we do is we blame the other person for the trigger. It's like, oh, you fucking asshole, you trigger me. I get that a lot. I get fuck you, Nima, a lot in my workshops and my clients say it a lot. Lovingly, of course, I know they mean it out of love. But I get that a lot because I trigger people. And what I'm here to do is say, okay, good. I don't give a shit about triggering you because I do give a shit. I'm not trying to trigger you, but I'm here to teach you that whatever's triggering you right now is a younger version of you that you're confronted by, that you're seeing, that you haven't yet loved. That person that's triggering you doesn't actually exist. I want you to look at it that way. Whether it's your husband, your kids, it's not their fault. They are revealing an unloved part of you that's waiting for you like a little child. Please come and get me. Is awakening that inner parent within you. Does that make sense? Can you resonate with this? Right? Through Melissa, yes. Trigger is I am encountering something in my present which is reminding me of a past version of myself that I haven't loved. Does that make sense to you? Can you resonate with this? This was my biggest fucking reveal. 
I got to teach people this. It's going to change the world. When, when you learn this, it changes your relationships. Think about that. Just try that on because this is a whole new context. Think about it. I've just revealed to you that a trigger means I am encountering or something in my present in the form of my husband, in the form of my kids, in the form of Nima, in the form of Donald Trump, reminding me of a past version of myself that I haven't loved. Okay? Being bullied at school, Tamara, in this morning feeling unimportant and abandoned when a past boyfriend left. Perfect, Tamara. Tamara, perfect. Okay, good. Now that you have it, are you ready for the work? And by the way, if you just jumped on, Luigina, it's good to have you. You better go back and start again. When you jumped into the program like a couple years ago, we have completely transformed the content than what we have now. Like this is evolving. And I just, as I'm evolving, I want to bring you with me. This is my goal. Okay. Are you ready? Perfect. So is what I'm going to do. <clears throat> yes, waking up to the deep reason behind your trigger is not comfortable at all. What a wake-up call. Mary, I love you so much for taking that on because in the beginning it was, mm -hmm, Robert, mm -hmm. and then it was like, no, 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 no. The trigger, Robert is revealing a younger version of Mary that you haven't yet loved, that feels unloved, has been abandoned. What opens up for your relationships when you learn this? Think about that. Think about that. What happens is your relationships become a spiritual practice. And when I got that, I was like, oh, I know that I can be married now. I thought after my divorce, I'm never going to get married because I can't handle my triggers. I'm, I just want to meet someone who's not going to trigger me. And then I woke the fuck up and realized that her job is to trigger me. Her job is to trigger me to reveal the parts of me that I haven't loved so that I can go ahead and do that and resource myself and then come back and share that and have deeper intimacy. So in other words, the relationship becomes a space to heal and evolve and grow together. And what's more important than that? Right now, take away money, everything that's not important is falling away and that is the one thing that remains is your exposure to the fact that there are some fractures in your relationships that need your tending to and that it's not the time to retreat it's the time to double down and invest in that vision and hold that vision because that's what's going to carry you through this crisis and I'm here to help support and guide you on that and because um, that's my vision and my mission all right are you ready so now that you have that age now that you know where it is I want you to engage tell me how old you were okay so Nick Nick you got it uh, Caroline, we got you. No, what age were you? I want you to reveal it. Roland was 13. Okay, you're a teenager. Okay, trusting your potential. I don't know what that means. It's when I thought I was going to be on my own back in 1996. Perfect. Okay, good. I love it. All of my clients uh, who've already clients, they're like, oh, these are the ages. They got them like this because we've trained them to get back there so that when the trigger comes up, you now have an ability to what we call trigger surf and become trigger proof. Not trigger less, but use what you're confronted by as an access to deeper self-love. Are you ready to do that and give love to that younger version of you that this coronavirus is bringing up today? Are you ready? Perfect. Let's do it. I'm going to get you connected. 
now with your breath. Connecting deep with your breath. <sighs> Surrendering the exhale. Touching your hand on your chest where you have that sense of alarm and ask yourself, am I safe in this moment? Really acknowledging that you're safe in this moment. Notice the way that your, the muscles, you're holding your muscles in your shoulders, in your face, in your jaw. On your exhale, surrender and just acknowledge that you're safe in this moment. Feel your shoulders relaxing. And as you notice where you are and you feel the sensations of your body and the way that you feel on your chair and the chair that you're sitting on, become aware of where you're sitting on the globe from the moon perspective while simultaneously being connected with your breath. This is activating your parasympathetic nervous system. Can you see yourself going through the unknown and acknowledge your fears? Feel them fully. Give them space to breathe. Now go to the space of alarm and you're going to go back to that younger version that was in that same conundrum that's similar. And you're going to actually connect with you rather than the, being the fixer. You're going to use your amazing empathy skills and empath and compassion skills that you have for others. And you're going to go and you're going to join yourself and watch them as they're in their unknown. Maybe they were in the hospital, Yanni, or you're laying in bed, fearful. There's going to be a representation, a scene, where you really see yourself. And can you just walk in like the ghost of Christmas past and just join them and look them in the eyes as though they are your own child, the same amount of love, Notice what they're feeling and thinking. Can you see their distress? Can you see them in their uncertainty? As you surrender into that and give them the space to feel everything they feel, can you look them in the eye and speak to them as their guide? Say, hey, I see you. I can see how scared you are. I can see how hard you're working and how 
you're just grasping and you're in that unknown. You don't even know if you're going to survive this. You don't know how you're going to make it through. All of your feelings are valid. You're safe to feel them all with me. And if you feel comfortable embracing them, you can put your arms around yourself like this, embracing them, breathe with them and soothe them in their big emotions. Feel into that. Really let that in. Let them know that they're safe to express themselves. And as you hold them in that safety, notice their tense, alarmed physique where they don't feel safe. Notice them actually relaxing and easing into the safety of your connection. Feel their breathing calming down. Tell them that they're safe. Let them know that they might not be able to see it right now, but they're going to get through it. They actually become stronger. I want you to think of the mysteries in their mind, all the questions that they have at that time of, will I be okay? I want you to tell them everything that they need to hear about what to keep in mind. And listen carefully. If they're looking at you and you have a few minutes with them and you're very relaxed and you know everything that they've gone through, what happens on the other side of their limbo? Tell them what they, the advice that you have for them in that moment and pay close attention to what that advice is. Will I be okay? What's your advice to them? Now, ask them what they need most from you. They're going to give you some sort of guidance to help them regulate. Now, together, you're going to approach you in today, sitting where you are. And with that version of you, you're going to bring that version of you to today. You're going to guide them into your life right now. Roland, you're going to get that young man in West Africa, and you're going to bring him into your reality now and show him everything that you have now. 
kind of like the ghost of Pris taking that past version of you and saying, hey, look, look at what your life is looking like right now. Look at what you have around you. Look at what you've achieved. And what I want you to do is look at yourself now through their eyes. Let me say that again. Look at yourself now through their eyes of what they have now that they only dreamed of back then. And as you see it, just feel your heart open with gratitude that they at that time only wished that they would be where you are now. Feel it. How proud they are. Can you feel that well up? Look at look around you. Look at what you have around you. At that time, you only dreamed of having what you have now. Feel it. This is true gratitude. And now have them tell you what you just told them. for your guidance, that's your inner voice, to guide you to your next move, to what you're gonna to accomplish today or over the next little while, and your work is to stay connected. And now, as you're connected to that, create a vision for yourself through this event. Now fully resourced with that sage advice that you just gave yourself, what would you love to create? What do you want to accomplish? How do you how would you love to lead? Who would you who would you love to become? What would you love to do in terms of service? Sharing your gifts, finally giving yourself permission to share your gifts and in abundance of giving and receiving in absolute abundance in fair exchange for what you're giving because it's coming straight from your heart. Feel what that would feel like. See the vision really get crystal and emerge. You'll notice some really neat ideas popping up of what you would love to do. Some neat connections or conversations you really wanna have. Feel it. What would that feel like in your body? Can you drop that into your body? Can you feel the gratitude as though it's already happened? As though this version of yourself is going there and seeing it all in the same way of gratitude that your Christmas past has come to today. Can you do that? Feel it. drop that into your body and feel it as though it's already happened. And now you're going to ask the universe for a sign. God, universe, Jesus, whoever. You're going to ask for a sign that 
allows you to see that you're actually co-creating. You're not alone in this and that you're on the right path and all your work is to do is to connect every day despite the madness. Ask for that sign now. And you can open your eyes. What I'd like for you to do in the comment section is to write down what the guidance was that you were giving that younger self. What was it? I want to hear it. I want to read it. And right now, if you did this right, your nervous system is regulated. You've taken the trigger, which is what's happening around us. You've gone back and you've reparented that younger version of you. You've resourced yourself. You've self-soothed, self-resourced. And guess who shows up for your kids? A loving, empathetic, heart-centered individual walking into the unknown, leading with love and your heart. And now you're a contribution. This has been the secret to my emergence from the ashes. And this is what's needed most right now. And I want to share this with as many people as possible. And if you know people that really need to participate on this journey, I'm doing this for eight weeks minimum. Sorry, not eight weeks, for two weeks minimum. Maybe make it an eight-week thing. Who knows? You'll see transformation in yourself. Guarantee it. Many of you have messaged me and seeing it already. What's, what was the message from your younger self? You will be safe. Mom will not die. Everything will be fine. Beautiful. And here's the thing. You also want to make sure that <clears throat> you put in things that help you for things that are beyond your control. Because I can't control if my parents are going to live or die. That's not up to me. I'd rather have me be okay with me regardless. That's, that's your goal. Be patient. Good one. Everything, it's, going, it's just going to take time. Everything will go back to normal. Absolutely. A new normal. A better version of normal, Maureen, right? A new, better version of normal. I want to I see. Be patient. Good one. Which is difficult for us to do when we're dysregulated, Leanne. I'm so grateful that you participated. It's nice to, to see you and to meet you, and I really do hope to, to meet you one day. Any questions? Was that useful for you? I know there's 11 nervous systems currently on. Uh, if you're watching on replay, let me know and tell me what came up for you. And please, I hope you're following along because you really need to engage. Um, you'll be fine and even better. Stay alert. Awesome. How you feel? How are you feeling right now? You're feeling more resourced and ready to rock. I'm so grateful that you are here. Um, be back tonight for some Q&A. <clears throat> Your practice will be now to, from that, take that advice and now apply it and call three people and be of service to them right now. Check in on three people right now after this call. Reach out to them and ask them how they're doing. Let them know that you're there for them and that everything's going to be okay and that you are taking this on as a leader. That's what I'd like to see. So that's your homework. Uh, that's what I'd love to see. Um, it's okay. You're safe to speak up. You have an important message. Beautiful, Heather Lynn. Beautiful. I did, I did too, a better new normal. Beautiful. Thanks for participating. I'm so grateful. Heather, how was that for you? So grateful that you uh, were here. Just huge gratitude that there's right now 10 people 
kind of participating and joining in and I want you to think of a few people that really need to be on these calls and what I want you to do is to go ahead and invite them in the group because healing can go viral too instead of fear and panic my vision is that healing can go viral because I stand for healed families because I was able to heal mine and create now I have a new family and you know what you focus on grows and so I want to focus on healing rather than conspiracies and doomsday and all that stuff because it's not really gonna help us <clears throat> I like that my little self learned all emotional data is highly valuable beautiful way to go help this time I'm really feel really calm I hope we will meet one day too absolutely you bet many great opportunities will come your way soon seize them oh yeah Roland that you right that's true so some of you have been curious about going into those old wounds and actually doing the work of healing this and saying look I'm ready to upgrade if you are definitely reach out I'm going to leave uh, my little link here I want you to definitely apply apply to work with us and actually make this a habit make this like your full self and if you really want personal guidance of walking you through those because there's going to be some traumas where you're going to need some help some outside help walking through them and you're going to need a community of people who really get you and you're able to connect and some live and some one-on-one -on -one and community and all of that reach out let's get into a conversation and fill out the application let me know exactly what's going on you could be a fit this could be the your time for the upgrade and we want to see if you're ready to upgrade we're here to serve we're literally working all the time we've opened up slots on the weekends because the insane amount of need has gone up so we're here to step up and serve and we're gonna use this as an opportunity to shine what we've already what me personally I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to not really play small to step up and actually shine a light on what I have been kind of doing in, in, in the background it's now time to let this out there's never been a better time so I want to invite you to to join us for that um, I'm back Claudia sign at a girl way to go isn't that cool how it works when you regulate and you stayed intentional way to go Andrea Andrea I want you to go back and watch this and uh, uh, and watch the training way to go She's strong for mom. She has been through so much, but she needs you to be strong right now. Absolutely. So yeah, reach out if you have questions. Melissa, you just jumped on. You got to go back and watch the replay and follow along because I mentioned you. I talked about you in it. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys tonight at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. All the best. Let me know if you have any questions. Think of about five to 10 people that you really know that need to be here and invite them in. I look forward to serving you. See you next time. Let me know what your greatest takeaway was.